Hey guys, I'm Raul Coley and I am Arthur Vader, a weird terrier apparently. My name is Ayanna White, I'm a writer for iZombie. Hi, I'm Molly Hagan, I play Liv's mom on iZombie. And you're listening to the iZombie podcast. Is that really how you're going to sit? Can't you sit up? Sit up? Sit up? You're listening to a season one episode of the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. We're a fan podcast dedicated to the hit CW show, iZombie. The season one episodes begin and end abruptly, so we hope you'll forgive us. This week, we talk about iZombie trade paperback number three, Six Feet Under and Rising, with special guest Claire Lafar. I am your host, Robin, and with me is... Stephanie. Uh, iZombie will be premiering on The CW in 2015 sometime, January, February, Hopefully. March... <laughs> no official announcements have been made. Right now, we're preparing for the show by taking a monthly look at the DC Vertigo comic iZombie. In this episode, we'll be looking at the third trade paperback of four, Six Feet Under and Rising. Um, sadly, our co-host Ashley is going to miss out on the last two trades since things are getting a little busy for her. So um, she's going to be back with us when the show starts. She's looking forward to that. But if you've been listening to these comic bites, you know that Steph and I haven't been alone in talking about the adventures of Gwen Dillon. Um, let's welcome back our guest from Intro to X and the upcoming Defenders podcast, Claire. It's me. Yay. Yay. Hooray for me. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very modest. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Well, I'm glad Thanks you're for coming uh, back. recording with us because you have a lot of experience uh, with comics. And, and being Vampire Claire. <laughs> and uh constantly seeming like you're just not wearing pants at all ever um we'll talk about that uh uh, let's get into some news uh before we get into the comic um first uh, i just want to thank at izombie tv and uh also uh rule coley for giving us some praise on twitter um raul um actually gave us a follow Friday, which was cool and said, we're covering the comic. So if you're listening for the first time, um, you know, go back, start from the beginning and read along with us. It's awesome. Um, and it, that, that tweet actually got retweeted by, um, Malcolm Goodwin, who plays Clive Babineau in the series and Chris Robertson, the uh, writer of the comic. So super honored. (laughs) So the writer of the comic could be listening. Yes. Oh, and uh, pressure. I, I, uh, <laughs> so uh, two more uh, episode titles have been announced. Uh, episode nine is Dead Air and episode 10 is Mr. Berserk. So <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, maybe Dead Air is like, uh, you know, zombies on a plane. Or, I was thinking or zombies radio. In, yeah. Or, or radio station. Ooh. <gasps> Maybe it's about a zombie podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers like this one. We're all zombies, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Apart from me, I'm a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, since we're a fan podcast, I wanted to give a little fan service to some of the people on the show. Um, Malcolm Goodwin. Uh, previously mentioned is uh, his his trailer for the movie he directed past the light is out so check that out on iTunes um, there's a movie called brightest star which stars uh, Rose McIver um, and also Chris Lowell from Veronica Mars and um, Clark Gregg from agents of shield that's on Netflix instead if you want to check that out um, Bradley James, who uh, there are a lot of fans of on Twitter <laughs> I'm always seeing uh, Bradley James love. I don't know what role he is in iZombie, but I'll, I'll give him a mention because uh, he just got a role on a Lifetime series called Damien, which is the prequel to The Omen. What? And he plays Damien. How can it be wow. a prequel to The Omen? In The Omen, Damien is like four years old. I, know. <laughs> I, know. I don't know what that means, but maybe it's like a prequel to Omen 3? Uh, okay. The final conflict? Maybe. Oh, he's going to grow up to be Sam Neill. Terrifying. Ah! <laughs> um, actually, Steph, you'll like this. Uh, Gloria Kellett, who is one of the writers on iZombie, um, is doing an episode of Drunk History. She's going to be narrating a story while drinking. So, Oh, I can't wait. 
It's like my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite show ever. <laughs> um, yeah, she she tweeted uh, a couple of pics, so um, looking forward to seeing that. And the last thing is, um, uh, play it again, Dick. Uh, is if you're a Veronica Mars fan, you know all about that. That's uh, Rob Thomas's web series, which is real real life, but yet not real life. About the actors behind Veronica Mars trying to do some sort of Veronica Mars spinoff thing, starring Dick. Um, that's actually now available on iTunes as like a 80 minute movie. Nice. You can watch it all together. And Rose McIver and Robert Buckley and I believe other people are in that one as well. So, um, and let's see what else. <clears throat> um, Guy, Guy B, um, one of the directors of, of one of the, a few of the episodes of I zombie. He's been doing other stuff. You see him all around. Um, he's also directed episodes of Supernatural. Um, is funny thing. Um, a uh, Supernatural. Somebody who's working on Supernatural tweeted that they were shooting at this place called um, Panther Paintball. So guy actually noted um, that I Zombie had shot in the same um, location and used it as a paintball facility. Nice and. <laughs> and I tweeted to him, I was like, uh, you mean blood sports paintball? And he responded to us saying something like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be any vampires in the show. Vampire but... paintball. Yeah. <laughs> um, another uh, news update, Stephen Weber from Wings. And he was also in, in an episode of Party Down. If you're following Rob Thomas's other stuff, uh, he's going to be in an episode of iZombie. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, Raul Coley actually tweeted. He's he warned. He was warning everybody um, who followed him that there's going to be some very thoughtful beard twisting scenes, much like Alec Guinness in Star Wars. As you watch <laughs> nice. Zombie, so uh, watch out for that. Thoughtful beard twisting is always good. <laughs> now, um, it's my number actually... one hope for the upcoming Doctor Strange movie as well. Um, I actually um, emailed um, the PR people at CWTV and I'm really hoping we get this but um, the screeners went out um, for the first four episodes of iZombie Um, the episodes were Pilot, Brother Can You Spare a Brain The Exterminator and Live and Let Clive and I was jealously uh (laughs) <laughs> looking through all the tweets, people taking pictures of their screener discs or maybe like the first frame of the screener disc, you know, mm. I'm like, Oh, but the overall reaction, I really have not seen any, any negative reaction to nice. this, these screeners. I actually got some quotes here. Um, Bilal Mian from theworkprint.com says, iZombie has the coolest opening sequence, stylized, concise, and tells you everything you need to know. So that must be that Mike Allred animated opening credits. I bet it looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Um, Roll from uh, omfgtv.com says, just two minutes in and I'm already in love with this show. I can tell this is going to be my new obsession. Um... Eric Goldman from IGN said, Pilot's really fun. Do you like Veronica Mars? Would you like seeing how she dealt with eating brains? Then enjoy. Oh, <laughs> yay. <laughs> um, Laura Prudham from Variety says, I Zombie is one of the weirdest shows I've ever seen. And the pilot is pretty cute. <laughs> okay. um, and lastly, uh, um, the CW fans uh, Twitter feed got it as well. And they wrote up something that says, um, we saw an early version of the pilot this week and would say it falls under the mixture of genres, including comedy, drama, and crime. The pilot episode had many hints of drama, but centered mostly on the um, slightly humorous side of the events, which take place before and after Liv becomes a zombie. There's some drama mostly surrounding Liv's past relationships, especially, especially with her soulmate Major, and Liv's worry that he's moving on. The crime portion follows Liv helping Detective Clive Babineau solve cases by ingesting victims' brains and having visions of how they were killed. So, that's what they had to say. And the last bit of news, um, (laughs) we still do not have uh, the date of when the premiere is happening officially, 
But David Anders, um, at Question Anders on Twitter, um, answered a fan's question and said, iZombie drops in March. So maybe that's right. I'm hoping that's right. I don't know. Actually, I hope it's sooner, but whatever. Yeah, that'd be cool. But, you know, I have just... I have a lot of faith in this show because I think the CW has got it going on. They're, even their lowest rated shows are very good. Maybe it's just yeah. me. Maybe it's just... What are their lowest rated shows at the moment? Uh, Rain is not doing well at all. Like Hardly any people watch it, but I, it's one of my favorite shows. I love it. And what oh, else? Okay. Uh, is Jane the Virgin heard... is getting a lot of critical... Love, but I don't. Yeah, it got nominated right for some Golden Globes. Oh, did it? I, I haven't yeah. watched. I haven't looked. At I don't. It. Has that? Does that happen very often for CW shows? That's no, just crazy. Uh-uh. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah, I keep hearing love for the hundred all the time, and um, you know, of course, they have you know Arrow and Flash and Supernatural mm. and Vampire Diaries and the originals and all big uh, genre shows that get a lot of fan love. If not, like, you know, awards, but... Yeah, but still not a lot of people watch. Like, they yeah. hardly get a million people. Like, even the the fans of Supernatural are so passionate, but they hardly get a million viewers. And it's because young... It's, you know, the Young People's Network, and young people don't watch television anymore. They just, right. they just don't. Right. So oldies like us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that do, you will hear... All the time on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, um, so that's it for news. Let's get into the discussion of Six Feet Under and Rising, the third trade paperback. Um, so this was uh, issues 13 through 18. So we had a bit, bit of rating. Not as much as we'll have next time. Next time, the I swear, it's like the book four is... I don't know, like the mocking Jay of the. <laughs> <laughs> and this book is, is a was big book. Bonkers! There was so like every other page, there was like a revelation as to something yes. happening. I was like, <gasps> and then like I turn the page, and then like two minutes later, I'd be like, <gasps> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what were your overall impressions, Steph? You know, the first book it. It explained, it set up the characters, and the second book was a, you know, it was just was a little slow. But this is where everything started to come together. You know, this sketchy group is. We found out what they were, and this other sketchy mm-hmm. group, we, you know. So, yeah, this was an exciting book. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's funny. Um, uh, one of the uh, critics of uh, this says it's really good but it's like drink trying to take a drink out of a fire hose <laughs> it's like it, it's so there's so much going on and sometimes it's hard to keep track of but um all right we'll work our way through it and see if we can uh, stay on top of it um so at the beginning of this whole thing of uh, uh, gwen and ellie and spot it seems like they just solved the scooby-doo mystery <laughs> it was, yeah it was it was funny because after we talked about scooby-doo like a load last month and it was they just directly referenced it <laughs> yeah this guy dressed as, in a bunny suit like ah those damn kids <laughs> yeah i know he's taking advantage of a family curse like uh like some sort of um uh bunny costume is involved in this family curse uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I th- it made me think of like the uh, the creepy scene out of The Shining, you know, where there's the guy dressed in the uh, the bear Ooh. suit. I don't oh. like. I don't like people dressing in animal suits. It's creepy. Yeah, and weird. Including yeah. at Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if there are any furries that listen, but uh, I'm not you know. a fan of you furries. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with you as long as you're not taking advantage of people for a family curse to get some inheritance. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and fighting fighting zombies for it, and and wear terriers. <laughs> um, Steph will be back in a little bit, but uh, Claire, I, do do you wish you saw like what happened? No, because because whatever you think is probably <laughs> you know. At least as, if not more, entertaining than what it would have been. I yeah. love that. You know, you don't need to see what it is. It's just uh, <laughs> you can imagine 
it looked like it was a lot of fun because they all walk out like arm in arm, like we did it. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so at the end of that, they actually, uh, go to John Amon's. He's summoned them over and Gwen's thinking it's probably because of, uh, uh, oh, he's trying to get me to kill for him or whatever again, but nope, it's a surprise birthday party. Yay. Or as he calls it, he calls it her natal day. Natal. Doesn't say birthday. He says natal day. I was like, "That's cute and a bit weird." Yeah. So but that's kind of how I feel about about John and Mon anyway. I'm like, he's cute and a bit weird. <laughs> um, I felt bad for Gwen because she forgot it was her birthday. I yeah, mean, that was sad. That's one of the things that iZombie really capitalizes on for me. With one of my deepest fears is just losing my mind mm. or just. I one of my favorite things, and this may date me because you know I am getting older, even though I'm still in my thirties. Uh, um, uh, one of my favorite things is when I meet an old friend again, and they remind me of of things we've done in the past. Yeah, I almost yeah. feel like Gwen in that way. Like, oh, I don't remember that, but now I am okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like um, I like that they they deal with this you know a lot with the whole thing with Gwen um, you know with her memories and stuff it's it's good and it means that we're finding out stuff along with her like with, about with her brother in the last issue mm-hmm. and in this issue about you know the way she died and everything oh gosh yeah, we'll get to it <laughs> <laughs> uh, so John actually uh, gives the uh, I wanted to say it correctly this time Galatia I, I yeah. was saying that in I thought my... it was Galatia. Galatia? Gal- Gal- <laughs> I thought so. But I was happy because my prediction that she was like a Bride of Frankenstein is correct. <laughs> yes. Because they they have her be, like, be made. Because I said because she looked like the kind of Elsa Lancaster, Bride of mm. Frankenstein. And then they say that she's basically the Bride of Frankenstein. So I was very yeah. happy. Yeah, it kind of sucks when you, you know, you go to all the trouble of uh, collecting a bunch of dead body parts, put it all together, and uh, she kills you. Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like I wanted a bride. I was lonely. And, aw. <laughs> I felt bad for that 17th century alchemist, whoever he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the plan, uh, Galizia is going to bring in quote unsympathetic intelligence uh to do her bidding and only gwen can stop her yeah so i don't know why that is no we don't really find out anything more in this book though do we as to why it's only no gwen i mean it it's just we only just find that john has caused gwen to become a zombie or revenant or whatever and um that's uh that's all we know. The mystery continues. I guess yeah. we'll find everything out in the next book. <laughs> um, but um, Gwen does have her first flashes here of uh, John possibly drugging her. Yeah, it's creepy. Like and... I don't, I don't trust him, and I've kind of said I don't trust him. But yeah, I don't know. After this book, I don't know. I'm really torn because then I think, well, maybe it is. She's going to, you know, we're meant to think that we can't trust him and it's going to be that he actually is a good guy. I don't know. Right. It's like he's really kind of noble-like, but he's doing lots of very sinister things. And and what puzzled me here was during the birthday party, John says, I made the cake from my own recipe. And then immediately after the party, she starts getting these, she starts remembering things. Oh, yeah. So I'm wondering if John's trying to make her remember and if that... How would that work for him? Because he hasn't, he could just tell her. <laughs> I didn't even I don't think know if about that's that. Maybe. Yeah. It seemed, well, it seemed weird that it's, but then I don't know if like the whole thing with the cake is that they're trying to humanize his character like they do with the, you know, like with the ski ball later. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, know if yeah. it's because they're like, so it was that, but that would be cool if it was, you know, actually yeah. something to do with, you know, had bigger. Um, ramifications. I mean, as soon as like, as soon as I saw that he made the cake, you know, I know he has a fascination of doing something with people's organs when he kills them and makes him younger or whatever. It's brain like, cake. It was pink. It was a pink cake. Yeah, yeah. It's a brain cake. Um, 
is uh is is John doing a little Hannibal thing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, Gwen catches up with uh, Horatio after and she's late for the date and things get physical because Horatio starts talking and obviously Gwen doesn't want to uh doesn't want to talk, especially since so she's got a big secret. We also hear about uh, Horatio's ex, Bethany, but we don't know what the full mm. story is yet, but we find out. No, later. no. Yeah. Um, all I know is in the, you know, in the last issue of this trade, we find out that she's uh, skipping ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that she uh, was killed by a zombie outbreak in Canada. Those Canadian zombies. Uh, Canadian zombies. Um, They're very, very polite zombies. <laughs> um, yeah, they're big fans of back bacon. Um, you know, mm. any 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 part of the back, they they like chewing on. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Gwen. <laughs> Um, Gwen, in order to uh, get her memories back, she's started to increase her diet to two brains a month. Um, so as a result, she um, eats the brain of a skee-ball fan. Yeah. And she's got to win the big tournament. I love skee-ball. Skee-ball is awesome. I, I wish awesome. there was more skee-ball around me, but, I mean, I don't live... Uh, do, you, do you just need to be like either near a Chuck E. Cheese or a seaside resort to get to ski ball? Or uh, well, last time I played ski ball was I was in Florida and I played it with Steph. Ah, in Pensacola. Oh, also, I have a bit of a, a weird um, thing that happened to me this week in regards to iZombie. Um, oh, yeah? I had I was sending out parcels of orders of pe- people ordering my drawings, and I sent one to. Um, to uh, the very town where iZombie is set. Oh, do you send something to Eugene? Mm-hmm. I was, like, looking I... at the addresses, and I was like, Eugene, awesome! I felt like putting in a little note to say, iZombie, and then I thought, maybe not. <laughs> they might not have heard of it. But yeah, I, I thought to, that was I pretty cool. I hate to break away from the iZombie discussion, but uh, I do want to mention anybody who doesn't know you, doesn't listen to the other podcasts, that you do some awesome drawings of different things that people are big fans of, like Avengers and Marvel characters and Twin Peaks and all sorts of things. Oh, Um, uh, Yeah, so where can people find that? Oh, on on Etsy under Maya Fire Prints. Awesome. It's M. A-I-A Prince, F-I-F-I-R-E. Oh, I forgot the fire. (laughs) That's the most important bit. (sighs) Okay. Well, check that out, people. Um, Let's get back to the discussion of the skee-ball. John is there, and he loves skee-ball. He's, like, Uh, (laughs) orgasmic over skee-ball. There's, like, that bit where he's, like, clutching his hands to his chest and looking up, and he's just like, oh, I love skee-ball. I know that what a great drawing of uh, him just in this triumphant pose, uh, and then you see the flashback of him in uh, headband and tube socks in his basement playing ski ball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it's funny because this came up uh, talking about the X Files uh, on Intro to X, um, where you find out that the cigarette smoking man might be a failed writer, and that makes him less of an evil presence. Like you're not as scared of him mm-hmm. now that you've seen him. So pathetic Does seeing John <laughs> in headband and tube socks, uh, playing ski ball and how much he loves ski ball. Does that make him seem less sinister now? No, I don't think so. I think he's no. still sinister. I don't trust him. <laughs> he could be making this all up. And it's weird. Cause he says something like, Oh, uh, you know, I have that ski ball set up down in the basement. Do you, you don't remember seeing that? Yeah. Um, when weird. I gave you guys the tour or something? And I don't know. It's like as if Gwen's forgetting things that happened after she died, too. I don't know. Or maybe he's just messing with her. I think I, he's I, I think he's messing with her. I think he's yeah. a shifty fella. Yeah. Um, so John offers her a ride after the whole ski ball thing. And uh, Gwen's not interested because, obviously, he's just going to try talking to her into... Uh, Killing people for him. Um, and then Gwen meets, like, 
what I'm assuming is the big bad of this comic, uh, Galatea. Mm-hmm. Um, and her reaction is just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Heard it all. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, Galatea is interesting. She has, she's like, she says something like, oh, John didn't, John didn't tell you how you were made or whatever. And then she's got this photo that she drops. Yeah, of them together before Gwen died. So I was like, I, I was like, are they, were they dating? Like, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. But also, um, I mean, with what we find out later, who would have taken that photo? <laughs> Maybe it was a, like a selfie. Maybe. <laughs> like they were holding it away from each other. Maybe they had a selfie pole <laughs> and took a picture of themselves. Yeah. Or maybe there's a third. Per- maybe the little kitty took a took the picture. Aww. Aww. I love the kitty. I want to find out the kitty's name. Yeah, yeah. I could see it walking around with a little camera around its neck. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, uh, oh yeah, I uh, I forgot to mention Gwen helped win this tournament for um, the person whose brain she ate. And uh, she's apparently very good at skee-ball. And so we find out that John loves skee-ball. She may be really good at skee-ball and doesn't remember why. It could be because maybe she learned from John. Mm-hmm. Maybe John's getting like his memories mixed up. Like He's like, oh, you know about the thing. But he actually showed it to her before he had her kill herself. Or yeah, so she doesn't remember. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is when we run into Ellie and, uh, um, yeah, Spot fell into a sinkhole full of zombies. I love the, the picture of as he falls in, his hat kind of floats in midair for a minute. (laughs) It's very Looney Tunes. Like when Wiley Coyote steps off a cliff. I thought that was hilarious. I love the design of these zombies. Yeah. So much. They're great. They're proper old school zombies. Yeah, they. I mean, really, there's lots of uh, callbacks to Scooby-Doo in this comic, and uh, that is definitely some Scooby-Doo zombies. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they, like, I don't know, what. so if you uh, stop eating brains, like, your body parts start falling off, you start going full proper zombie, and you turn green. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than the, uh, you know, if you keep a steady diet, you are uh, you have your lavender skin. You're kind of turquoise, yeah. Which yeah. nobody comments on. Like, oh, nope. you're you're a turquoise person. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, oh yeah. Um. So Gwen and Horatio go to Green Pastures Cemetery, and we get some confirmation of uh, something I asked about in a previous episode. Is an eco-friendly cemetery? You know, why is it so appealing to zombies? Is it because they um, keep all the organs or whatever in there? And I guess uh, it says they put the bodies into the ground all natural. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> now That's what they did in like, Six Feet Under. Yeah. I think they mm-hmm. just, like, chuck you in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think mean, they that... have a ceremony and stuff, but, yeah, <laughs> just... Yeah, they did that for uh, a couple of people. I don't want to spoil Six Feet Under. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> um, mostly they dealt in, you know, pumping them full of all sorts of chemicals and then popping into a coffin and popping them in the ground. But, yeah. Um, so Horatio goes into the sinkhole, followed by Gwen, who I love how she's like, oh, gosh, zombies. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know anything about zombies. And she has to play, like, the frail girlfriend. And Horatio is the big hero. <laughs> yeah. And um, a little bit of a callback to Ellie's little comic where, you know, Gwen says, oh, this reminds me of something uh, that Ellie told me that a Civil War vet told him, told her. And that was all about the uh, underground catacombs that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I love Horatio's like, what yeah. Civil War? She's like, oh. You know, one of the ones in Africa. Yeah. The modern one, not the American Civil War. That would be insane. And Gwen gets something to worry about here because Horatio's like, uh, with zombies, it's best to shoot on sight. Yeah. And just springs into action. And, uh, yeah, there's lots of action in this, uh, third trade paperback. Yes. Yeah. I love when 
But maybe uh, Mike's having a little bit of fun drawing this, you know? Some good action rather than the uh, just, you know, talky, talky, talky. Yeah. Um, and the zombies are avoiding Gwen because, <laughs> you know, we don't bite her own. I like that she's like, oh, I hope he doesn't notice. You know, like yeah. Horatio. And uh, another revelation happens here. Spot stuck in a, stuck in a cavern that he, uh, you know, he trapped himself in because he just started yes. Yeah. Starts running out of air, and he's and his thoughts don't go to anybody. He, they they go to Gavin. Well, we said this. Yeah, I know. He's in love with Gavin. We're figuring everything out. But like, I was confused later in a scene because I was like, "Is Gavin Gavin?" Yeah, we'll get it a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, and oh yeah, Horatio's jacket on his way uh, after they save Scott. They're on their way back out, and his jacket gets snagged by like a rock or something, and he has to take his jacket off. It was at that point I was like, "That's a bit convenient." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "There's a reason why he's going to lose his jacket because he doesn't want to be identified as a one of the Foster Corporation." Yeah. So, um. When they get out of the sinkhole, they're surrounded by zombies, and then they get saved by the dead presidents. I love the dead presidents. I love <laughs> them. We have, I didn't get all their names at first, but we have Kennedy, who is a zombie, um, yes. who gets referred to later as Misty Knight, which made the entire book <laughs> for me, because uh, I am a big Marvel fan, and I love Misty Knight, and Misty Knight's a character with me? a bionic arm. That yes, was amazing. Exactly. Amazing. Um, she gets the bionic arm afterwards. I know you're a big fan of bionic arms. I love bionic arms. <laughs> Winter Soldier, Misty Knight, now Kendi. Um, and we have awesome Madison. Mad- oh, yeah. We had Madison, who is a not a werewolf, but like a were lioness. Were kitty. A were kitty. The best kind of the best kind of were were something. Um, then who was the other one? So I got confused with Nixon and Ford because I thought Nixon was a ghost, but then it's like, there's a, a, like a demon or something in him. Yeah, It's crazy. I I just basically thought. Like said he, he just got used to that body. So I was like, oh, he's a ghost. But then they were talking about this Ford. And then I think it was Nixon later was like, like sicked Ford onto the others i mean the way i wrote it down in my notes is it looks like he's an oversoul possessed by an undersoul (laughs) and the oversoul can can possess actual human bodies and that and then bring the undersoul with him Mm. but oh my gosh when when nixon and ford are free from the body after the first uh chapter such a cool image of this ghost with like this demon thing shooting out of his chest yeah it was really cool yeah, so I love I love these guys. Yeah, I know, and it's like, um, yeah, I know. It's like they're they're, they're called Vale, and you, you don't you don't want to ask what Vale. I mean, you don't even need to know what Vale stands for. <laughs> um, but it it shows the potential of what Gwen and Spot and Ellie could turn into, like super monster government agent mm. types. Yeah, <laughs> the the initiative. They basically <laughs> are the fan. initiative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's start off in Alaska. Um, they find what I didn't take a note of at first, but then I did after reading the last issue. Um, they find a, oh boy, a dodecahedron. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, yeah. shape. Yeah. This antenna turned into a dodecahedron. And, um, and then we... <laughs> Then we see, like, this brain in a coffee pot. <laughs> like, eh, whatever. And then, um, I love it. It reminded me of, um, like, being carried around by the, you know, the bigger guy. It reminded me of Bob the Goldfish from Earthworm Jim. <laughs> I was thinking of Krang, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love that they're, he, his name is um, Kovsky, but the, Dr. Kovsky, and uh, Nixon kind of jokes is like... Should we call him Dr. Coffee? So I just wrote Dr. Coffee in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like brain in a coffee pot with a loudspeaker. It's so <laughs> And then we get our first like Frankenstein monster, um, Commandeer Koshi. Uh, yeah. 
But we also have Francisco is now a Frankenstein monster later. Yes. Which I like because I was like, oh, he's Frank, uh, you know, Francisco, Frank, Frankenstein. Frank, Francisco. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Can we also Um, mention who is the chief of the dead presidents? Yes. So the rest of them are named after dead presidents. I think. Is the chief, I mean, obviously Kennedy is not Kennedy because Kennedy is a woman. Yeah, that's true. But the chief seems to be a a zombie Abraham Lincoln. Is that right? <laughs> I love the fact that he's got this weird, fancy uh, wheelchair with like little rolly walls. Excuse me, rolly balls uh, rather than like big wheels under it. And the actual chair is shaped like the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> I didn't even notice. Oh, nice. It's like very. It's got some pillars on the side. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Um, but, um, yeah, that, it's just all, and, and he's, he just, like, uh, Kennedy's like, yeah, I had to figure out what four score actually means. It's kind of Lincoln's thing. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, Koshi, uh, Commander Koshi, they say he's built by the Red Morgue, which must be like the veil of Russia or something. Red Morgue is a great name. It's very. The Red Morgue. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And they're a part of the Zitalu project, so ooh, and uh, possibly um, involved with uh, Galatea. Um, I looked up Koshi, and just, just I was like, that's just an odd name. Um, and I found something about from Russian folklore in uh, Wikipedia um, okay. about Koshi, Koshi the Deathless. Ooh, okay. And, I just copied and pasted it as my notes because this is so, so very interesting. Um, so he's a monster in Russian folklore. Uh, Koshi cannot be, I'm hoping I can, I'm pronouncing that right. Koshi, Koshi, I don't know. Koshi cannot be killed by conventional means um, targeting his body. His soul is hidden separate from his body inside a needle, which mm. is in an egg, which is in a duck, <laughs> which is in a hare. Which is in an iron chest, wait, which how, is buried wait, under a green oak tree. How does a duck fit in a hair? Does, I don't know. I was with you until that. How does a duck fit in a hair? The, and the chest is under a green oak tree, which is on an island in the ocean. Oh. And, and as long as his soul is safe, he cannot die. Um, and it says, if the chest is dug up and opened, the hair will bolt away. If it is killed, the duck will emerge and try to fly off. Anyone possessing the egg has Koshi in their power. He begins to weaken, becomes sick, and immediately loses use of his magic. If the egg is tossed about, he is likely flung around against his will. (laughs) (laughs) And um, if the egg or needle is broken, um, Koshi will die. (laughs) And in some tales, um, the egg or needle is broken by specifically breaking it against Koshi's forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope that happens in it. Uh, Yeah, right. That'd be amazing. And uh, okay, so at, at Vale headquarters, we which is under the Arlington National Cemetery, mm-hmm. um, we also find out about something else that's coming called the Phantasm. Yeah, who looks like Rorschach <laughs> in it's, a way. It is Rorschach, <laughs> leaving a trail of bodies—bodies bodies that have been dead already. So it's almost like um, uh, an oversoul possessing people and killing zombies. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, and then we, in the actual, in the run of the comic, this phantasm is, it turns out is a comic book as well. Yeah. This Um, is, this is why I was confused. (laughs) Because also at one point later, I thought the phantasm was coming to rescue. I think it was when they were underground. It looked like it was the phantasm. (laughs) So I was like, well, is the phantasm, like, real? Like, there was a lot of bits like that in this in this yeah. one where I was I was a bit confused. I mean, the way I think it is, it's like, the phantasm kills zombies in his spare time, but his main job is drawing comic books about himself. <laughs> well, we'll do that, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um... And then we see Gavin meeting uh, Mr. Walters, who writes the fan or is an artist of the Phantasm. Yeah. So this is where I got confused about the Gavin story. So does Mr. Walters? So is Mr. Walters the Phantasm? 
himself. I, and I think he so. swaps bodies with Gavin. I hope he doesn't swap bodies because it seemed that the phantasm was like, you know, saying goodbye to Mr. Walters as like, oh, goodbye, old friend. You know, it's been a, it's been a great trip or whatever. And it's kind of like this sad scene where the this old man is just dying in his bed. Oh, because I um, thought that was Gavin. Yeah, well, the phantasm takes control of Gavin. I'm hoping he just possessed Gavin. Oh, I'm hoping okay. it wasn't a soul swap because that means Gavin's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't um, want Gavin to be dead because, you know, uh, what would uh, Gav, Gav spot? <laughs> shipping. Spavin. Spavin, yeah. Got? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of this whole run is this is that Spot realizes he has feelings for Gavin and uh, after this whole showdown, he's pretty much like, oh, I gotta go check on Gramps and then, um, you know, maybe he's gonna go see what's gonna happen with Gavin or mm. talk to him or whatever, but Gavin, Gavin is, is now phantasm. Yes, who uh, who kills? Assuming he kills zombies, so it's going to be a bit of a conflict of interest there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where do the dead presidents go next? They go to they go to Eugene, um, and they kidnap April, one of the vampires. Yeah, uh, Trisha had a problem with, <laughs> and Trisha is now a vampire as well. Yes, that was interesting. Do you feel? Do you feel bad for Trisha, or do you? Because me, I'm kind of like uh, she was kind of like a self-centered jerk. Yeah, I, mean, I don't, her mother I don't was feel that terrible. bad for her. That's but like, it looked like she she moved into the the paintball facility, uh, just kind of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be like. It seemed I, like I reread it a couple times as I was like, is she just there because she doesn't have anywhere else to go and she just needs a job, or does she know she's gonna be turned into a vampire? And I think because she, she's like, will it hurt? Yeah, so I, I think, think she, she knows knew that she would be a vampire. But it, it's funny because, like, even even though Trisha is fully complying to being a vampire, Nemia still has to pull the old vampire, <laughs> like, ah! Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe, I, I wrote in my notes, like, maybe it's, uh, the blood tastes better when the, like, the heart is pumping really fast. Yeah, it's the fear. It's the fear. Tasty, tasty fear. And, uh, yeah, April, I don't feel too bad about her being taken by the dead presence because, uh, um, she freaks out when uh, Trisha shoots her with a paintball gun. Yeah. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe uh, maybe April will become a part of the dead presidents because she'll get recruited against her will or something. I don't know. She could be um, uh, Roosevelt. Ooh. The best president. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, the dead president sweep in and, and uh, save Gwen, Spot, and Horatio, the civilians, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But then the Foster Corporation shows up, who are the they they call the Grave Diggers. And Diogenes sees Gwen for the first time, and he's like, "That's your girlfriend. You're sleeping. I love with a that. Zombie. You're sleeping with a zombie." <laughs> <laughs> I love. And a great, great cliffhanger at the end of this comic because Diogenes like take out these goddamn monsters, all of them. Mm. It's like, oh, um, there's some stuff I skipped over. We get a uh, uh, chimp par again, uh, aka Spot's grandpa. Chimpa. He's, a, he's a chimp, so I call him chimp par. <laughs> yeah. um, he he like comes and um, you know like he's now met uh, Spot's friends, or they've met him. <laughs> So they know, I, I they know that he's, he's aware ter- that Spot's a Wertari and also that his granddad is a chimp. He must read a lot of Fantastic Four, too, because he's like, he dresses up like Ben Grimm. He does. <laughs> goes <yeah>. out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, one of the things I, I noticed um, about, oh, I liked about Dixie is when they're in Dixie's um, uh, diner and she says, mm-hmm. stinking zombies never did care for them. <laughs> She reminded me of the granddad at the end of Lost Boys, where he's like, yes. I'm saying about living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach all the damn oh, vampires. Vampires, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I immediately thought of that, too. Uh, I miss peanut butter boppers. Mm, I didn't even know what they are. They're, they're, they were an amazing, probably a disgusting, uh, <laughs> artificially made snack, but it's like peanut butter covered in like, like nuts or oats or something mm, like that. That does sound good, actually. 
I just remember the grandpa in Lost Boys had his own peanut butter boppers uh, yeah. stash that he told everybody to stay out of. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, when Gramps rescues uh, Vincent and Ashok from the v- zombies, it's funny that because Vincent is talking about playing the video game Zombie Eye. Yeah. When they encounter real zombies, they they turn immediately into Scooby and Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else? We get oh, yeah. the, um, the, uh, revela- uh, revelation about Diogenes. So, is, like, so Diogenes' first partner was, uh, Britia? Britia? Yeah. So, is Horatio Britia's child? Yes. That, <gasps> that's definite. Mm. I thought we were going to so, see how... Um, Diogenes lost his eye, but we didn't. No, I mean, well, I mean, they were about to face down these vampires. I'm guessing and it was that. Then we flash back to the recent past where mm. Diogenes meets Horatio for the first time. Um, I love this character of Britia or Brisha or Britta. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Britta, I guess. I don't know. Because uh, she uses a sword and not guns. And I swear, it's like a direct quote from the Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks. She says, the blade never jams, misfires, runs out of rounds. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And we see that, I mean, the world kind of blows up. I mean, they're down in Rio and they have to get to this mysterious temple of Zitalu. They have to fight off were jaguars, a village of zombies, and a poltergeist. Yeah. Um, and it seemed to imply that this is where vampires come from. Yeah, that it was all from this, this one vampire and that they sent out their own missionaries. But that would mean that vampires are not that old. No, right, exactly. Or, I don't know, I, I, you didn't exactly see the date on when these missionaries were killed. Well, it depends how old Diogenes is then, I guess. Well, those missionaries could have been killed. I mean, oh, yeah, true. You know, yeah, yeah, true. Missionaries could have been killed in like the, the whenever they were first exploring. The way the main one spoke, she spoke almost like a sor- sorority girl, you know. That's true. She sounded like a valley girl. Yeah, yeah. So it was, that's why I figured it was more <laughs> modern. Yeah. And I the think. Vampire uh, Queen of the Amazon. Again, Mike, Mike Allred, it's having a bit of fun here because. Like, in full color, you see the gorgeous, blonde vampire queen of the Amazon whose hair falls over her bare breasts and stuff. Mm. But behind her, shrouded in gray, is the rest rest of the missionaries that have turned into vampires. Mm -hmm. And they are just, (laughs) like, normal people with glasses and stuff like that, all rolling around naked and vampire-like. Yeah. I thought it was funny. It was great. Um... So, yeah, in this temple is another dodecahedron, mm-hmm. um, which... Uh, they say it's brings... like a sacred symbol or... Yeah. It, it's supposed to be causing... Um, it's supposed to bring Zitalo to actually manifest. We see, like, a carving, I'm guessing, of Zita- Zitalo in um, mm. the catacombs when Spot is trapped in there. There's, like, this Cthulhu-looking face on the wall. Right, yeah. Hmm... And, yeah, actually, that reminds me, there's some stuff with Ellie and John where John talks about um, how Eugene is kind of like the Hellmouth from Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's they, Him and uh, this other previous uh, foster named Campion um, sealed off this sinkhole that was full of zombies and this, the catacombs underneath. And that... Uh, it reminded me of uh, Interstellar because they started talking about gravity. Like, gravity is uh, weakening. Did you ever see Interstellar? No, I've not seen it. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I recommend it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole big thing about, like, uh, gravity is stronger or weaker in this place, and it causes, like, temporal, uh, you know, temporal shifts and dimensions or whatever. And, um,. He says Eugene's special because gravity is weakening and um, bleeding from our plane of his existence to another. 
and that people have been coming to Eugene to exploit it, and as a result, people are turning into monsters. Mm. So it's almost like a hell of like monsters are attracted to it, and you have a greater chance of becoming a monster if you go to Eugene. So, folks, don't go to Eugene. Don't go to Eugene. Don't go to Rio. I guess. Don't go to to um, California because that's where the Hellmouth is. Don't go to yes, Maine. That's true because that's where Stephen you, King is. <laughs> <laughs> don't go to New Orleans or uh-huh. Louisiana because that's where vampires are. That's where Bon Tomp is. <laughs> just don't. Just stay out of America, guys. I'm sorry. You guys are screwed. Seriously. I'm fine on my little mini island. Uh, yeah. yeah. Basically, if you see a Dodecahedron, run. Uh, <laughs> do not go to any D&D games because 12 sided dies come out uh, gravity could start weakening and Zitalu could be brought forth Zitalu <laughs> welcome back staff I'm so sorry this is a nightmare uh, okay. what did I miss? oh a lot <laughs> we've pretty much covered the entire thing but is there anything that any of your observations um, that you wanted to uh get in before we uh, start wrapping things oh, up? Oh, just, uh, you know, the dead presidents, Kennedy, Lincoln, yes. Nixon, Madison, Ford, and one of them reminded me of Eddie Izzard because he was, like, transgendered, you know? <laughs> uh, that was uh, the werecat, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I know. What I, you know, talking about the Hellmouth, I was, uh, you know, Horatio is a zombie killer, and he falls in love with Gwen, and you know, this could be modeling. It, it's, you know, a, very much like initiative and Slayer. Yeah, a zombie in love with a, you know, rather poetic mm. in a modeling sort of way. Um, mm. <laughs> just how, like Claire, hanging out with Francisco and like she bonded with Francisco even though he was dead. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we were like watching TV together on a couch. Yeah, we didn't mention that at all. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cute, kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, Ellie uh, finds Francisco, um, and uh, she goes and gets him clothes, and um, she's like, uh, "Do you have a boyfriend?" <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because they put another brain in in Francisco. Isn't that what they did? So I thought I don't know. I thought they put I thought Gal- Galatea put another a different brain in Francisco. So then I was like, so he won't have Francisco memories. So therefore, he wouldn't remember Trisha if he bumped into vampire Trisha. But then I don't know. No, I assumed that he was the she was preparing him to be a vessel for Satalu. Oh, and so I thought they were taking the brains out. Yeah. So he is just he's an just, empty shell. Yeah, he's just brainless. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Uh, um, let's see. Oh, how did uh, Diogenes know that Gwen at first sight that Gwen was a zombie? Because she's turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> she's got that lavender skin. He's like, "Are you blind?" <laughs> yeah. How did How did Horatio not know? I don't know. He was blinded by lust. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, if. She, She's a gorgeous girl, and I'm falling for her. I'm probably not going to notice that her skin's a little um, blue. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you cold? Maybe you just thought she uh, was like a goth. Um. Hey, what is oh, what is Vale? V e i l. Yeah. Who knows? Very who knows what it stands evil for? Institute. <laughs> what could L be? I took what of I took lawyers. what Kennedy said. <laughs> no, liars. not lawyers. Liars. Uh oh. Very evil institute of liars. <laughs> I took what Kennedy said in her narration. I was like, "You don't even want to know what that stands for." Trust me. Okay. I'm like, okay, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. This last issue, though. Um. There's other stuff. We have Doctor Coffee and uh, Koshi. Um. They have Claire now, um, yeah, and it's funny because I think John says this to Gwen, and then Gal- Galatea says this to Gwen, and now Dr. Coffee's saying this to, Dr- to Galatea, uh, I'm, I want to offer you a business proposition. Yeah. So, 
They might all. We would, I mean, Zitalu might be a triangle scheme. I'm saying, or a pyramid scheme. Scheme. <laughs> Gotta be careful of those. Uh, <laughs> Steph, we were saying about how Gavin now is possessed by the what's he called? The Spectre. The Phantasm. The Phantasm, not the Spectre. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a different DC property. Yeah, he's potentially now possessed by him, um, who kills zombies. So. Oh, so brother and sister may, yeah, run in, yeah, have a run in together. Ooh, and Spot is in big trouble because now he's realizing he's uh, he's got some feelings for Gavin, and is he loves them both. Yes, he will be torn between the two. There's going to be all sorts of love triangles going on in this next trade. I guarantee (laughs) it. We got Gavin, Gwen, Spot. We have. I'm thinking there's a potential uh, Ellie, John, um, uh, Gwen, or Galatea, or something like that. And Kitty, of course. And Kitty. Oh, that's... <laughs> I forgot about the Kitty. We didn't see the Kitty at all. The Kitty was I'm in sad. this one, but only very briefly, and we still didn't get a name. Mm. But yeah, I love the Kitty. I just call it Kitty. Then we have Ellie, uh, Frank, Cisco, <laughs> and uh, Trisha, who... And then also Claire is a part of that as well. So everybody loves Frank Cisco. Um, then Trisha and Nemia and uh, April. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's why the next <sighs> book's so long. Yeah, Kennedy. Oh, I wrote down. Kennedy calls herself a sentient postmortem with cerebral dependencies. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> But, but I uh, want to yeah, know why can... she's got red eyes. I don't know. Maybe she's, it's like you eat a lot of brains, you get super red eyes. Mm. She was saying, because, you know, her arm was metal. She was like, her body's <laughs> breaking down. Maybe that's why. Yeah. The zombies don't heal. Mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we already covered 18, but we didn't really talk about the end of... Uh, 17, which is the big, big revelation that Gwen uh, spent time with John and actually killed herself for John. Yeah, that's crazy. I want to find out more about that. I want to know why. how did he get her to do that? It was like he had mind control over her or something. I don't know. All I know is they, they, they hung out. They took, they took pictures together. And why wouldn't or... he tell her? Like, yeah. Like, what is he hiding? Well, John also said something to Ellie earlier, like, you know, I I didn't think this was going to come so soon. I wanted time to prepare Gwen or train her or something. Yeah. Mm. Well, then, John, you need to do a better job at not being so shifty. And then she might take up your business proposition. You know, where he's like trying to get her on board. He's super shifty. So that's why she's like, "Uh, no, dude. But you know, if uh, if we don't prepare Gwen, Gwen will not uh, save the world. However, or however way she's going to do that, or whatever way she's going to do that, the world is doomed if she didn't kill herself. <laughs> so yeah, uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it for the the trade paperback. I had a um, it, it seems we 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 got one backstory. We this time we got uh, Diogenes. Do you guys think is there are there any other backstories you think we need to spend an issue with? Because man, after that ending of seventeen, I would have hated to read this month to month and not read it in a trade paperback form and be like, "Oh, we got to spend a month learning about Zitalo and Diogenes." All right, but there was a huge reveal at the end of the last one. Are there any other people um, you think deserve a comic, a standalone uh, comic? The backstory? dead presidents. I want to know more about. I kind of want to know about Kennedy. I agree. But I want to know how they got together. Hmm. And if that is Maybe. actually zombie Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> we got some flashbacks with Horatio and Bethany and Diogenes. I don't know. Maybe maybe a, a Horatio and Bethany flashback story. Maybe just like half of half of one or something when they split the comics up in the different stories. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um... Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, again, as mentioned at the top, 
um, that some of the reviews I've read are like, this, there's way too many storylines. It's it's drinking from a hose. Um, I'm wondering if which one of these storylines. I mean, do, first off, do you guys think it's do you think they they could maybe lose a storyline or two, and like which one would you cut? <laughs> oh no, I no, I like it. Um, I yeah. think the the vampires don't. I'm not that interested in them. Right. As you know, apart from Vampire Claire, of course. <laughs> um, but she's now kind of tied up with Galatea. But the rest of them just are kind of wandering around. Do you agree with me though? Like every single time we see Vampire Claire, it's like she's not wearing pants. She's well, wearing some sort of, like, long coat. This is over. what us Claire's do, I'm afraid. I'm not wearing pants right now, so. <laughs> But yeah, I think as long as, as all of these, if all of these threads all come together and successfully, I'll be okay with it. But there is a lot going on. But I would rather be, I would rather have a lot going on, or too much going mm. on, than not enough going on. None. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, panel after panel of, like, drama and hand-wringing. Yeah. No, there's this action pack that's picking up lots of revelations. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to reading the next uh, trade. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> oh, oh uh, also, do you, this is the last thing I had written down. Do you, is there is there a storyline we you wish that we spent more time with? Um, hmm, I like grabs. I wish yeah. we had more grabs. <laughs> Chimpa. Chimpa. <laughs> I love Chimpa. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Think so. I, I think dead presidents need to have a spinoff. <laughs> Sir badass. I hope they're in the the show. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, the, the the wacky places that this comic goes. I don't know if the show's ever going to go to, but I don't know. We'll see. It's it's a thing of its own. Yeah. It it's an it's a loose adaptation. I'm enjoying it though. Like I'm really yeah. enjoying it. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to what's going to happen in the next one. Yeah. They, and then, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, they left it at a good place. Things are, are looking bad, you know, under martial law mm-hmm. and the dead president's in control. And you, you just get the feeling that something big's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They gave a little sneak peek at the second. The oh last yeah. I didn't read it. Guys, you didn't read it. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't want to be spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. All right, so the next one and the last one that we're going to be talking about is iZombie Trade Paperback number four, Repossession, which has a pretty uh, groovy cover of uh, a zombie, like, biting the flesh off of uh, Gwen's cheek. Yeah. (laughs) And the back says, um, following a zombie invasion and some major heartbreaks, Gwen is hiding out in her crypt. But Galatea and Dr. Coffee are determined to give the town more to worry about. And the only one standing in their way is Amon, the dashing deadly mummy, and the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> He's not that dashing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that uh, he, he doesn't, he's, he had like a henna all over his face when we first met him. And yeah. we don't see him with that ever. So I don't know. Um, so it's issues 19 through 28. Um, they're called staying in, take out, mix it up, collections, exhumed monsters of rock, and then the end part one, two, three and conclusion. So, so is there any more after this? Like, are they working on any more or this is basically at the end of the story? As far as I know, this is it. Ooh, um, okay. Um, Maybe for the next one, I'll see if I can find any information on why it ended. Um, and, and if anybody actually knows um, why it ended, if, if they just said, oh, this is, we're working towards this end and we wanted to end it, or if it was like uh, moving on to other projects or whatever, um, I'd love to find out. Mm. I'm, I kind of was just letting the story tell me, but I don't know if they had any plans to make it more than 28 issues or what, but. I don't know. Um, anyway, um, let's uh, do some plugs and then we'll get out of here. Um, Claire, tell us where we can find you. Um, I'm in England and in an <laughs> undisclosed location. Um, you can find me on Intro to X, which is an X Files um, uh, intro cast. We're watching it for the first time. We're up to 
like the middle of season five and it's uh it's good times and you can find me on twitter and uh etsy as maya fire and then from the fire yeah maya fire absolutely uh and then from sometime sometime next year i will be on the defenders podcast defenders assemble yay and so will i yay and so will i and so we'll stand. <laughs> Just everybody. Everybody's going to be there. Yep. The entire Marvel podcasting universe. Yep. <laughs> um, and Steph, where can we find you? Uh, right now, Potential Cast, our Buffy intro cast. Mm-hmm. And hopefully soon we'll be wrapping it up and going back to Angel Redemption Cast. <laughs> Just wrapping up season six finally. So one more season to go. I, I mean, I, I really hate to see it go. But then again, I mean, it's time. It's time to move on. We've been doing this for four years. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll have another four years of angels, so yeah. no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And um, for me, uh, you can find me here and um, occasionally guesting on other things. Um, I just finished uh, doing uh, guest spots. Um, I was doing like every other week on the Walking Dead podcast here at dvmpe.com. And uh, they're taking a little bit of a break. And then, yeah, next year, things are going to pick up for me. I'll be doing this, and hopefully the show will premiere, and we'll be doing it weekly. And then I'll have the Defenders whenever they decide to premiere Daredevil on Netflix. And, uh, yeah, Redemption Cast, whenever that happens. But. Thank you for listening to the season one episode of the Eyes on Me podcast with Robin and Steph. Our podcast logo is designed by Dee Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. We posted that link, as well as others, on our home on the web, eyesonmepodcast.com. There you'll find links to our Twitter and Facebook pages. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash eyesonmepodcast. Finally, send your feedback in to eyesonmepodcast at gmail.com. The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. And remember, a mind is a terrible thing to taste.